Welcome to the Minnesotan Pod. Today we have a great Minnesota hockey player, a one of only two players who's won the Mr. Hockey Award and the Hobie Baker Award. Marty Surich is joins us today, the Roseville native. We'll talk about his hockey career, uh, both uh, as a player and now today as a coach at the University of St. Thomas. Should be a fun show from beginning to end. Hope you enjoy it. If you enjoy the show and you want to support us, please check out the store, The Minnesotan. What can you say about the store? It's one-of-a-kind, first-class store. If you want vintage, they got it. If you want unique, they got it. If you want Minnesota stuff that you can't find anywhere else, go to The Minnesotan. For a 15% discount, go to theminnesotan.com or go to the store up in White Bear Lake, and you get a 15% discount if you use the term YHH. Hope you enjoy today's show. Is a burning thing, and it makes a fiery ring bound by wild desire. I fell into a ring of fire. Well, good morning, Marty. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Tony. This should be a good show. I love the dig, you know, digging in and finding out who you are a little bit before the show. And, man, I learned a lot about where you've been in your travels from starting being born in Colorado Springs and your family tree and playing in Germany, playing in the, in the good old days of the WC. I mean, you were in the height of the WCHA good old days. We're going to talk about that. And you had some good old days, not necessarily great finishes, but some good old days in high school hockey. Mr. Like I said in the preview, you and Brian Bonham, the only two to have the distinction of Mr. Hockey and Hobie Baker. It's pretty cool, you know, and I'm sure you've met a lot of great people. And I'm going to try to, in the next hour, try to draw a a lot of that out of you and just in the 10 minutes before the show it's pretty cool even to learn I've learned a lot in the first 10 minutes before you got here so hopefully we can share some of that should be a great stuff let's start with uh your family tree uh everyone hears the name Surich most people listening to this show know that Mike Surich was the coach what is your relation to Mike and talk about the that, that the Surich family dating back to uh Virginia Minnesota yeah, uh, yeah. Mike Surdich is my uncle, my dad's brother. Um, you know, <clears throat> longtime Bulldog coach for almost twenty years. So, you know, we we grew up just diehard Bulldog fans in our family. Couldn't stand the Gophers, of course. Love you know? it. I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of my best memories growing up were, were driving up to Duluth and and watching a game at the deck. The and deck. Then, oh. The deck was so cool. They had the, like the, the ten feet riser, so everybody. You, no one had a bad seat. No, no. It was such a great like atmosphere. Like, front row is probably the best seat in the house. You probably, yeah. That, that's not usually the case. But yeah. Yeah, and then going in the locker room after the game, I mean, me and my brother would just be in awe, you know, and, and, and talking to the – getting free tape from the from the equipment manager, things like that. It's unbelievable. Now, what years would that have been? I'm trying to think because in the – 84, 83, 84, you're probably too young for that, right? Yeah, too young for that. Uh, yeah, that's, you know, they lost in the national championship game to Bowling Green. Four you know, overtimes. Four overtimes, yeah. My, my, my parents were at that game. But, um, no, yeah, the, what I'm describing is kind of in the early 90s when, right. you know, Derek Plant was there and, and you know, Chris Marinucci and those guys. I mean, they, and they were they were, they were so good. They were good, too, yeah. Yeah, really good. Yeah, all right. So, uh, you grew up, you were born in Colorado Springs, um, in the family tree, it's so weird. Elite prospects kind of flushes out things that you just never expect. But 
John Harrington is your uncle. How is John Harrington related to Mike Surich and 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 and, and your dad Steve Surich? How did that work out? Yeah, John. Yeah, John's wife Mary is uh, my mom's sister. So Mary and my mom Patty, they're you know Frasca is born on, born in Colorado Springs, and uh, yeah, and then just you know even weirder, you know John is also from Virginia, the same town as my dad. So. It's uh yeah it's it's a small world funny story it, it, it's crazy I just assumed when I read this I'm like oh yeah well he's from Virginia he's, and he's from Virginia they must have met two women from Virginia <laughs> right yeah and they're right, not that's what you they're think. actually from the Springs yep exactly and it's so weird that you were born there and then you ended up going back there for college we'll get to that. 15, 16 years from now, but let's talk about, so, and then that makes Chris Harrington your cousin. Did you guys grow up playing against each other, knowing each other, or was it pretty distant? No, yeah, we grew up uh, good buddies. I mean, we still are, yeah, Chris, you know, it's it's a great family, and uh, yeah, played, you know, we, we would get together all the time, play baseball in the summer, and then, you know, yeah, I played against Chris in Bantams, played against him in high oh, school. that's awesome. Played against him in the USHL, he was in Omaha, I was in Sioux Falls, and then we came in as freshmen, so I, I mean, I played many games against Chris. That's Awesome. I mean, he was a. What are your? I mean, I want to know what you would describe Chris as a player, and I'll give you my description of him as a player. Oh, Chris was a really good defenseman. I mean, super smart. Kind of was always two steps ahead. Uh, you know, never. You know, you never saw him take a run at anybody, or maybe even check that often. You know, but he was so good on the power play, so good at making that first breakout pass, and tough to play against. My, I, I, I always thought he was a daredevil. I mean, like, he took the biggest chances. I mean, he was just a, a really risk-reward type of player. And some people in the stands, because I was at a lot of those games where he's playing, like, oh, oh, he did it! You know, he was just, he was very fun to watch. One of the most skilled gopher defensemen, and unheralded, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. He was, like I said, tough to play against and good guy to have in your team, I bet. Yeah, I believe it. All right, so you, you, your parents moved when you were young are you the oldest in your family nope i'm the middle middle okay you moved when you were young to start with start a restaurant or what was the move from colorado springs to back to to minneapolis yeah we the, my my mom's parents started a restaurant in colorado springs panino's restaurant i'm sure there's a lot of people in Twin yeah. cities that know panino's um it was called pizza plus in colorado but we moved and opened one in roseville on rice street uh back in 1987 um, and then another one opened up. Uh, it's still around in North Oaks. Um, but that's what brought us back to Minnesota. My mom and dad ran the restaurant. Um, and then my dad eventually got out of it and started teaching and coaching. But uh, that's what brought us back to Minnesota. All right. So dad's uh, the the high school coach. Is he also in Roseville? Was he also kind of uh, the matriarch of hockey? Was he involved in the youth program and, and building what was to become? Well, it was already a pretty solid program. But I remember uh, there was people flocking to Roseville to play hockey. Yeah, and he started out um, his first coaching job in Minnesota. Well, when we moved back, um, he was the assistant coach at Blaine for Wayne okay. Nelson uh, for a year or two, and then he switched. He got a teaching job in Richfield, uh, elementary job. So then he was the assistant coach at Richfield and coached, the, you know, Darby Hendrickson and the Henderson yeah. brothers. Uh, Mike Thomas was the head coach, and so, you know. Legend. Yeah, Legend. absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, great memories in 1991, you know, when they made that run, went to the state tournament. Um, anyways, and then eventually he got the head boys job at Roseville. So, um, and then, yeah, he was very involved in the youth program. And, um, I mean, he was, you know, 
My favorite coach, for sure. I mean, he was... Uh, he was, because sometimes the whole dad-son dynamic on the ice and in the bench, that kind of kind of go get sideways sometimes. For you, it was a good experience? Oh, it was a great experience, yeah. I mean, you know, my dad was just... He, he's just an old-school rink rat. I mean, he would play in the backyard with us, and, you know, I definitely think me and my brother, you know, inherited and saw how passionate he was for the game of hockey, and, uh, you know, I mean... Every just looking back on our high school practices, I mean the practices were so fun. I mean my dad was like a kid out there playing with us and and hacking us and chopping us and um, <laughs> I I mean I I think for the most part everybody liked playing for my dad. Oh, that's pretty good. That's always good to hear. And I'm sure we're going to pick up on your coaching career now, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But so you played and Roseville was like you said you have uh, a, a great rank. You had the oval. You had ponds and parks and and lots of great players. You know, both boys and girls, what was it like having the curtains and the broats and the carols? And, you know, there's a lot of fam, a lot of great hockey families from your era. Talk about just being in the rink and being around in that culture. Yeah. I mean, we grew up with, uh, you know, so many great hockey families, like the ones you mentioned, um, you know, and there are a lot of great rinks in Roseville, uh, but we, we made, my dad flooded our backyard. I mean, we had a rink in our backyard every year. Um, not how very big, big but how big, like not very big at all. I don't even know the dimensions, but there was a tree in the middle of it that, you know, you <laughs> learn to keep your head up or, you know, it was a place where, you know, if my brother was coming, coming to slash me, I'd go behind and hide the tree, you know, so he couldn't That's, get me. So but, the ice around the tree. Oh, sure. Yep, okay, yep. cool. Uh, but anyway, I mean, on, uh, just unbelievable memories of playing in our backyard. I mean, we would we would play even in high school. We'd have a game at seven o'clock at night, play a high school game. Immediately, we would have probably eight of the guys come back to our house right after the game, and we would play in the backyard till two in the morning. Skates or boots? Skates. Really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So it must have been pretty big if you have high school kids on. Yeah, and, and but I mean, I, I just drove a, drove by it the other day, and I was I was kind of peeking around. I'm like, holy cow! How did we fit a rink back there? And how do we have you know those games? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we would play. I mean, the cops would show up in in the middle of the night and say, so you, you guys, guys got to turn the lights yeah, on. Too much are, noise. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I've lived it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just unbelievable memories of that backyard rink. I'll never forget my dad. We had, our, I lived in the city, so tiny lot. So it was great for when you were, you know, 10, 11, 12, you could skate on it. But once you got to high school, it was only a good enough for boot hockey two on two maybe three on three boot hockey that's how small it was but i always remember my dad flipping the light on and off like that that was the okay you gotta come in yep. it's midnight yeah <laughs> you gotta the neighbors are yelling at us yep. you know no, the phone that. rings i know the feeling that's sure. for sure so uh do you have any great memories of youth hockey like did you have a state final did you have state tournaments uh just growing up youth did you have any buddies that you, you just have so much great memories playing with yeah, I mean, you know, I, I never was part of a championship team in youth hockey. Um, you know, a lot of close calls, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I was surrounded by good players, and I got to play with my brother every other year, which was so cool. Right. Um, you know, and just yeah, guys like, like you mentioned, you know, Van Gilder and um, the Carroll brothers, and and Fearing, and I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, just a lot of great Roseville hockey players. So. Um, when you were a kid, was your dad the coach at the high school? So you were just kind of waiting your turn to get there, or was he? Did he start coaching when you were when you got there? How I think I was. was in, I think I was there? in Pee Wee's when my dad started. Was the head coach at Roseville? So yeah, I mean, you know, Pee Wee's Bantams. You know, we all the um, way through. Yeah. So you so you had your Pee Wee stuff, and then you would go to all the high school games. You yeah. probably didn't miss a high school game. No, I mean those were also great memories. I mean, I you know would get so jacked up walking into Roseville Arena for a high school game when I was a Pee Wee. 
Yeah, and they're packed too. I mean, yeah. back then it was uh, it was it was the show only show in town in Roseville, so everybody in the community was participating. Yeah, yeah, great atmosphere. It's a great high school ring. All right, so this is the. Uh, it's so funny. I went doing the research. I'm like, there's a string of disappointments of section final games and 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 college games, and it just go on and on. So. Sorry, I don't mean to depress people, <laughs> but you have a great career. But there were some very disappointing games, and you and I didn't even know about this one because it didn't it evaded my research. But your sophomore year, talk about that team and how good you were, and 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 set the scene for the Coliseum. Yeah, my sophomore year, I mean, you know, so so exciting for me, first year playing varsity hockey. I mean, just a dream come true. And we, I mean, we really had a good team. Our goalie, Dan George, was unbelievable. Our top line, Brett Hammond, Dave Dubord, and Nick Ramsey was one of those the best lines. Those guys were all D1 guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah for the most part. Um, you know, one of the best lines in the state. And they just had an unbelievable year and kind of carried us. But, um, and you only lost once, right? No, we probably lost four or five games okay. that year. Um, Hill Murray was very good, and they, you know, they were always, you know, we lost to them both games in the regular season, tight games, and then, uh, you know, played them in the section final game, back and forth game, two to two with a minute to go, and one of, you know, one of the guys on our top line gets a breakaway, misses, puck goes the other way, um, two on one for, uh, you know, some of their best players, and and Dan Miller ended up, I think, batting it out of the air for. To win it with thirty seconds. This is at the Coliseum. It's at the Coliseum. I mean, you know, probably five, six thousand people there. Um, I haven't watched the game since because it would probably be too hard to watch even now. <laughs> it's so funny. You talk about that. You talk about the Coliseum. Um, for those that never attended a game there, I had a really good friend of mine who played at St. Thomas, and that was the where the games were. So I saw a lot of college games there, and I've seen a few games televised. I've seen video of games televised there. Walk through. People who haven't seen it, we were just describe that place for people. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one it's, of a kind. It is one of a kind, and you know, you, you think about how great the atmosphere is, and the the there was the big gap. Of, <laughs> I was going to say spec- it's a great atmosphere, but it's kind of a terrible atmosphere right, all right. in one. It was so bad, it was good. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I mean, you just think about how how nuts it would be if the fans were right on top of the ice, you know, yeah. without that whatever fifteen twenty foot, <laughs> you know, ring around, but. I mean, yeah. When that place was packed, I, there was just something about it. I, just uh, it's magical uh, section final. I interviewed Dave Wright, who was the PA guy. So you even know oh, you shook your head like you knew exactly who I, he was. I mean, we in the backyard, we used to p- pretend like Dave Wright was announcing our name. You know, Roseville goal scored. By, you know, just unbelievable. Oh, you just made my day. You just because I used to do the same thing. I don't, yeah. Dave Wright wasn't my guy, but you know what I mean? Everyone had their PA guy. Mine was the PA guy for the Gophers, whatever <laughs> that guy was at the time. But that's great you said that. But but he would tell me that I don't know if it was in the, even to the 2000s, but he told me every Saturday there'd be three games at the Coliseum, like city conference games and this games. And Would you ever play regular season games at the Coliseum, or was it only the playoffs? We did play a few. We would play uh, uh, Moundsview randomly there every once in a while. Um, yeah, Hill Murray was at Aldridge. We did play a couple, yeah, but not, yeah. not very often. I mean, I could just imagine, like, you know, the people just filing in and watching three games back-to-back kind of thing. I love that. I Section Saturday... Uh, for me, Section 5 at Bloomington Ice Guard, my mom would, I would be 12 years old, my mom would drive me out there, drop me off at noon, and come back and pick me up at 10. Because I would just sit there and watch these four section quarterfinal games. Yeah. It was great. How fun, you know? yeah. It was a blast. It was a blast. All right, so let's fast forward to your senior year. You had a huge year, but you also had a, a teammate, too, that was really good, right? 
Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'm we, I had a bunch of them. I mean, my senior year, you know, my brother was my line mate. I mean, he was, you know, probably one of the, the best high school players I got to play with. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Colin Cody, uh, Mark yeah. Van Gilder, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Andrew Carroll, Jeff Fearing, we had a bunch of good players, um, you know, that obviously went on the next year to almost win the state tournament. But yeah, um, yeah, we had, uh, had a great year. And again, a, a devastating loss in the section finals to White Bear Lake. What was the walk through that? Uh, that was White Bear had, had a really good team. They were super deep. Um, had you played them a couple times that year? Yeah, we did. We played them twice. Lost two to one at Aldridge in in a great game, and then we lost. I think they shut us out three nothing at Roseville. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, their goalie was Eric Arneo. He was solid. I was gonna say Tim Hamley was. You know, Tim. I don't remember Tim coming off the ice. I feel like Tim would play forty five. I don't remember ever having a shift against White Bear without Tim Hamley on the ice. Really? Yeah. What's that like? Oh, maybe I, maybe he if I were interviewing him he'd be saying the same thing about you too right maybe yeah <laughs> I mean Ryan Carter was on the team yeah. too you know not a lot of people were talking about Ryan Carter back then but man he was good I, my goodness um, yeah great I mean just another great rivalry for Roseville though and was Butters their coach yep what was that like did you know who he was yeah I knew of him I mean my dad knew him well and my uncle you know was good friends with Bill Butters so sure I knew the name um, you know back then I never. But it was him, just but some I've, hockey coach to you, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So let's walk through that senior year. Same, almost identical, but different opponent. You know, having White Bear be the, the opponent versus Hill Murray. But what is it like? You know, playing your rival and ha- having your season end. You know, one game further than you wanted. You know, one shorter than what you wanted to get to. Yeah, I mean, you know, I could still picture <clears throat> laying on the ice. You know, after the you know just having those those thoughts go through your mind like this is it I'm done I won't wear a Roseville jersey again I mean it's you know it, it gives me the goosebumps right now in, yeah. a, in a bad way I mean it's but you know it's all the, the good memories sure you know are outweigh. outweigh it but um yeah I mean if if I would have got the chance to play in a state tournament you know I I don't couldn't tell you how exciting that would be. But. The, the next year, the team did really well. They made it to state, got to the, I think, the section semis, and or the f- state, state semis. Yeah. Um, you were in Sioux Falls at the time. Were you, you know, keeping an eye on it? Did you actually get a chance to come back and watch? Or Yeah, that I mean, that's a good story. Um, I mean, I was keeping my eye on it, you know, almost closer than my own season, to be honest <laughs> with you. No, I, I'm joking, obviously, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, they had a great season. I think they lost one game all year. Um, they play, they played Creighton Durham Hall in the section finals. Um, I actually, <clears throat> right after our practice in Sioux Falls, I hopped in hopped in the car, drove to to the Coliseum. I got a speeding ticket on the way. No way. You know, I got pulled over on 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 I ninety, and and this is no joke. I said to the to the uh, to the policeman, I said, "Can I at least tell you why I'm going so fast?" And he said, "Sure." And I said. You know, my brother's playing in a section final game at the Coliseum in St. Paul, um, you know, and he, he was he looked at his watch and he's like, you know, OK, I understand you can you'll still be able to make it on time if you can if you drive the speed limit, you know. So he was respectful. But anyways, I, I remember walking into the building um, and the national anthem was playing. So I got there on time. Um, it, you know, that game was probably, even though I wasn't playing, was probably one of the best hockey memories of my life. Really? You know, my brother scored the double overtime goal in the section finals. <clears throat> you know, first time Roseville had been to the state tournament under my dad. They had went, you know. Walk particular- through the goal. Because you're there. Yeah. Where were you standing? I was sitting next, in between my mom and my sister. Um, yeah, second overtime. 
uh, the Did big, you kind of a here we go again kind of feel? Oh, uh, you know, I don't want to admit that, but yeah, I, you know, it's just, I don't know. It, it was almost like an out of body experience really, but, um, yeah, it was a, it was a great play. They tied it up late too. Um, they, they were down three, two, they scored with like a minute and a half left to tie it to force overtime. I mean, it was, it was an epic game. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the line, uh, my brother and Mark Van Gilder and Colin Cody, that was, uh, you know, one of their better lines. All three of them were involved. Colin made a great pass from the corner. My brother one-timed it, um, scored on on Matt Wyant, who was a Roseville kid, and played with with my brother and all those guys growing up. So it was kind of interesting. But bittersweet, yeah, way, bittersweet. Yeah. And you know, uh, but yeah, I just remember, you know, telling my mom and my sister, you know, I'm going down to the ice. You know, Mike scored, and I mean, I you know, I was on the ice jumping in my brother and my dad's arms and. That's pretty cool. It's incredible. That's really cool. I'm glad you shared that. I'm glad you shared that. Uh, speaking of Sioux Falls, oh, wait, before we get to that, I want to, because there was a couple of guys on that Sioux Falls roster, but I want to talk about the Mr. Hockey Banquet. What are your memories of the banquet? Uh, I think Mikey Erickson was a finalist. Uh, Kreft was a finalist. Jake Kreft was a finalist. Brink. Uh, Brink, sorry. Yep. Yep. Um, Hambly. Hambly. Yeah, what was your memory of that whole ordeal? I mean, you know, obviously so humbling to be a part of that and just be nominated and be at that banquet. Um, you know, I remember, I think our whole Roseville team was there at the banquet. I remember just feeling, you know, so, so cool that all the guys were there to support me and, um, you know, to, to win it was, yeah, I mean. All right, so let's walk through 18-year-old Marty Sertich's head. You don't know you've won it, mm-hmm. right? But you kind of have to plan for winning it too so what kind of speech do you write I mean it's not like oh this is they like this is the banquet and here's your speech you better you better say something nice you don't even know you want it yeah I definitely did not write a speech I so I I don't (laughs) remember I don't remember what I said um you know hopefully I uh, it was a respectable speech you know and hopefully I thank the right people but yeah I I you know I was definitely was winging it and well, that's good. Yeah, that's good. You didn't ha- you didn't pull out the the piece of paper, no, or crinkle up paper, not, no. and, and write it out. You know, I had, just in case I want, I I got something. For, I'm just kidding you. All right, so you you talked about Sioux Falls. Um, Thomas Vanek is on this team. How old is he at this point? Is he was he super young still, or was he no. getting ready to go into the U? Yeah, because he we you know I went to college and he went to college the next year, so he okay. I was a year older than him because I was playing right. junior hockey, but he was probably 17. Okay, and, but but. He's ultimately one of the best players the USHL's ever seen. Yep. Uh, especially at that point. Yep. Um, and you're on his team, probably on his line too, right? Yeah, for parts of the year I was, not the whole year, but what was that like? What was because he was like a like a superhero. Yeah, I mean, he was. You know, at that point in my life, I I mean, I just couldn't believe how gifted goal scorer he was. I mean, it and it just you know it looked like some days he was not trying and he would have four goals that night. I mean, you know, it, yeah, it was, he was unbelievable. Um, Who is your coach at Sioux Falls? Tony Gasparini. Oh, it was? Yeah, so okay. Motsko had just left. Tony was the assistant and took over. Um, so, yeah, Tony was the head coach. Mike Corbett was the assistant coach uh, who was, you know, he's at Robert Morris now, but he was a long-time yeah. coach in Alabama. So, yeah, yeah. great, great coaches, yeah. Oh, that, I, I, I couldn't. When I was digging, I couldn't find the coaches on lead prospects are sometimes hard to find it's of the team. It's trickier to find, so I couldn't find that one. And Motsko was the, just there, right? Yeah, yeah. He he started. I mean, the team was only probably two or three years old when I got there. It started in ninety eight or ninety nine, I think. Motsko was the first coach. Okay, and he was there for a few years and then left to go to St. Cloud, and then Tony took over. All right. Um, 
then you get to Kyle College. Explain to me the at what point did you decide uh, you were going to attend Colorado College? Because I know that your uncle had was the was the coach at UMD, and I think you had said that that was always your plan was to play at UMD. Yeah, I, I was. I always wanted to be a bulldog growing up. Like I said, it was you know awesome memories going up to the deck and watching the dogs. Uh, but yeah, once my uncle left, you know, then it was, I was open to anything. I was just hoping to play college hockey and, um, my senior year, you know, I was having a good senior year and, you know, I started to get interest from schools and I, there was basically three schools that were really interested and that was, um, CC, Michigan Tech and Minnesota. Uh, so I took my, you know, my, and you were going to play for the Gophers no matter what, right? Like you would hate it. You know, at that, no, at that point after my uncle left, Duluth, I was open to anything. I mean, obviously, you know, everybody dreams of playing for the Gophers growing up. But, yeah, I mean, it wasn't uh, – I was open to anything, like I said. I'm joking. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's something – I just uh, – hard to – even though my dad and mom went to CC, that had really had nothing to do with my decision. I just – I once I got there and, and was – were, you know, kind of saw the campus, were hanging out with the guys, it, I just felt so comfortable. I just thought, this is this is it. I mean, this is – it feels like me, so – you know, it's funny. I know this dates back to the 80s because I know the block system was something that I was interested in attending that school. I liked that system. Was it that way even when your dad was going there? Yeah, actually, the first year the block plan was implemented was 1970, my dad and mom's really? freshman year of college. Yeah, so they were the first, they were the, the guinea pigs to try it out, and it obviously has uh, still to that day. Okay, so, so I know what it is. You know what it is. Explain what the block system is for those that are that don't might not know. Sure. Yeah. It's it's the block plan uh, at Colorado College. You take one class at a time for three and a half weeks, so eighteen school days. Um, so it's you know it's intense. You, basically, you're cramming in a semester's worth of work and and everything in in three and a half weeks, and then and then you get a block break. So you get that Thursday and Friday off of that fourth week. And I mean, obviously, you know, that's a kids love it. You know, yeah, I mean, we're, athletes are competing, but, you know, most kids take advantage of it and head to the mountains and go skiing for the weekend. And so you get, you know, there's eight blocks throughout the year. So you get, you know, seven block breaks and um, it's it's a good system. It's it's all I know. What was your major there? What did you study? History. History. So what types of things did you want to do? Because we know where you are now, but when you like when you studied history, and you chose history as your major. What were you thinking at the time? You know, I wasn't thinking that far ahead. I mean, I, 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 I've always liked history, and um, you know, there were some great history teachers at CC, and that's what kind of got me uh, in that in that major or whatever. But um, you know, I mean, a lot of people are like, "Well, are you going to be a teacher?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I, I, I had no idea at that point. I was just, you know, I wanted to to play hockey. I wanted to play pro hockey, um, but." Uh, yeah. Anyways, well, it's 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 an interesting story. Your 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 time at CC was pretty cool. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on how great the WCHA was because there's so many people, especially in Minnesota fans, like who hate being in the Big Ten. But you played in, and there was a there was a golden era of the WCHA. You know, there's going to be people. Oh, the '80s was better. The '70s was better. But you really hard to argue with how great the WCHA was, and I and I can prove that because one of the years, 2005, your Hobie year, was the year where all four teams in the Final Four were from the WCHA. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about, but, I mean, it was such a great league. I mean, just the different rivalries and the buildings, and, um, yeah, I, I feel so fortunate to be able to play in that league at that time, and um, it was awesome. So, you know, one thing that our listeners aren't going to get 
have never been able to sink their teeth into. And this is one of the reasons I, one of the biggest questions I want to ask, and we can dwell on it even more. And worst case scenario is that you lost to them in your junior year, but de- the Denver CC rivalry, we, you know, we have our Minnesota UMD rivalry. We got our Minnesota Wisconsin, Minnesota UMD, St. Cloud state, those rivals, you can kind of sense them here in mm-hmm. this town. Tell me what the sense is, the rivalry between CC and DU. And what did you know about it before you got there? Yeah, I, that rivalry is incredible, still is to this day, and it obviously was back then. I mean, we had good teams. They had really good teams. Um, you know, I actually, I didn't, yeah, I never, didn't know a ton about it before um, before I got there, but, you know, just that first game against Denver playing and being a part of that rivalry, unbelievable. I mean, there, you know, you, you, you get done beating Denver, and it's, it's just this feeling. It's like, wow, there's nothing like beating Denver, you know. Um, but, you know, it's less than an hour away, Denver and Colorado Springs. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, a lot of mutual respect, but a lot of, you know, uh, dislike between, you know, the, the teams and the programs and um, a lot of back and forth. And they, you know, they certainly got the best of us uh, in 2005. But yeah, well, we'll get to that in a second. So you get to Colorado College. Uh, talk about your your overall collegiate experience there. Uh, did you live in dorms? Did you live at houses? What, what was, what was the, what was the, the lifestyle like there at school? What were the, besides the hockey players, what, what's the rest of the uh, student body like? Is it a big school? No, I don't it's, think it's very big at all. Oh, it's very small. Yeah. I mean, less than 2000 kids. Uh, very, really? yeah, very diverse. Um, it's, it's a wonderful atmosphere. I mean, it's set, you know, right, right in front of Pike's peak. I mean, the, the facilities are beautiful. Um, the teachers are, are so great. I mean, the classroom sizes are small, so you really get to know your teachers. And, um, yeah, and, you know, we, of course, we're with our hockey teammates, you know, more than anything else. But, you know, we have a lot of great, great friends outside of the hockey community, a lot of, you know, awesome students from all over the world, really. I mean, they do uh, – There's uh, the student body is, like I said, very diverse at CC. Um, lived in the dorm for two years, you know, had a, my, my roommate was Jesse Stokey from Hermantown, uh, who I had played with in Sioux Falls the year before. So, really? um, you know, still a great buddy of mine. Um, and then in the house, in a hockey house for the last two years, you know, house that it's kind of just passed down. So, uh, you know, just, it was a blast. I mean, it was, you know, and, and the coaches, uh, Scott Owens was the coach all four years. Uh, who are his assistants and where, where, where is the, where do they end up now? Yeah. Joe Bonnet and Norm Bazine were the assistants. Uh, Joe Bonnet now works for USA hockey has for a while. Uh, Norm has been the head coach at, at uh, University of Massachusetts Lowell for a long time now and kind of turned that program around. Uh, but just, yeah, I mean, Coach Owens was a great coach, uh, all three of them. I mean, they worked so well together. They each kind of had their, their specialty and what they brought and, and what, you know, recruiting and practicing. And um, it was it was it was awesome. I mean, we had great players and great teams and, uh, you know, I loved it. Um, so we'll get to the, we'll get to the NCAA part of it, but I, and I don't want to dwell too much on this WCHA thing, but the, f- for the people don't, the younger audience don't realize that the, the state, the, not the civic center, but the excel energy center, what they brought for the, for the frozen four to play in that building. You played in a couple of those. It's jam packed. Yeah, it's final five. Are you the final five? Yep. Yeah. What was that like to be not a non-Minnesotan? You're bringing all your buddies into this palace, and they're like, it's a lot different environment playing there than anything you've seen at this point. Yeah, 
absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was glad I finally got to play in that building because, you know, the year before I watched my brother play in the state tournament in front of, you know, 20,000 people. So, uh, yeah, the net, you know, my freshman year to be in the, in the final five, we played Minnesota in the, in the championship game and, uh, you know, unbelievable. I mean, you feel like you're in the NHL looking around at this NHL rink packed with, you know, whatever, 20,000 people. That was that. A, did you guys win that one or we didn't? No, we we lost. One nothing. That was uh, Denver, my junior year. Okay, sorry, yeah. sorry, I get them all confused. Yeah, right, right. Uh, no, I mean another great game. Uh, obviously, Minnesota won the national tournament that year. They were fantastic. I mean, you know, well, Grant- it's funny that you you lose in in um, 03 to the national champion, and in 05 you lose to the national champion. Exactly. Yeah, twice, twice. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I hate to bring it like we have this streak of disappointment. You I know. know a lot of heartbreak. That's for sure. But it's good. I mean, you you can. I'm sure while you're coaching and and teaching the game, you can explain to people that it's you know it's not all it's not all happy endings. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, not too many people get to win a championship. It's that's the truth. Yeah. All right. So, um, so the the first year, uh, you guys win your your freshman year. You win the um. WCHA regular season, uh, and he said we lost to to the to Minnesota, um, uh, and then is that the year you guys lost to Michigan? Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, we got to do this. because yeah. I've always, and even before YHH, before I had my opinion mattered or whatever, I always thought it was so stupid. Uh, Minnesota got it all the time. I mean, and, and even as a gopher, gopher fan, I thought it was stupid. Like, there was one year they beat Cornell, and Cornell was the number one team in the country at Mariucci. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, or there were years the Gophers were number one, and they had to travel to Michigan and play Michigan. It just didn't make any sense. You were a subject of this. It t- walk through what your your memories of playing at Yoast as the number one team in the country. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking back, we didn't. We kind of we were number one in the country for I don't know the last two months of the year. So I I think we were kind of feeling invincible. Like we, you know, I don't care where we're gonna go. We're you know we're gonna keep keep rolling along here. But you know, sure in hindsight now it's like oh gosh, you know Michigan. You know they were good. They had they were in their own locker room, their own company. You know, like I. The, the Michigan fight songs right there, playing the band. Um, but Had you ever played at Yost before? No, that was the, the one and only time I, I played there. And, you know, I'm glad I got the opportunity because that, again, is an unbelievable rink and atmosphere. Uh, but, you know, I wish it would have had a different outcome. But, you know, what, what can you do? What can you do? All right, uh, 05 year. Uh, again, you guys win the, the WCHA, which is – talk about the – how hard that is. I mean, every night. Um, and, and people are like, oh, Alaska really wasn't that good. Try going to Alaska and playing. It wasn't easy, was it? No, not at all. I mean, yeah, there was no easy nights in WCHA, like you said. I mean, yeah, even the teams at the bo- you know, at the bottom back when, when we were there, like you said, Alaska, I mean, Tech, tech was okay, but just going up to, to the UP and playing Tech in their building, I mean, we we got beat a couple times. No Did you ever play up there during the Winter Carnival? We never did. I think we missed it by a, maybe a weekend or whatever. But yeah, yeah I mean, you could just that, that seems like a pretty pretty awesome uh, environment, though. I can't imagine what it's like at Winter Carnival. Yeah, that, that was one of the three schools that you were interested in. Correct. Right? Yeah. And what would, what was so cool about it when you were up there? Oh, I mean, it's you know, if you, if you like winter and you like snow, then it, then you won't mind it. And I do. I like you know, I like all those things. So I it kind of reminded me of Northern Minnesota and. Um, you know, I, I appreciated the rink. I mean, it was a small rink with a ton of history and I could just tell, you know, I like the way it feels here. And, um, you know, my uncle was the head coach at the time. So there was a lot of things, uh, appealing 
at Michigan Tech. So you talked about northern Minnesota. Your dad's from Virginia. Um, your uncles, your whole family's from Virginia. I asked you when you walked in there, I'm like, did you ever play at – you ever, have you ever been to Virginia Miners? And what was your answer? I said, of course, many times, yeah. <laughs> so walk – your, you know, your dad. A lot of times, you don't go back to where your mom or dad is from too often, if, especially if mom, grandpa and grandpa aren't there. You don't have a reason to go there. Walk through your impressions of all the history and and, and the buildings. Where you played? Kind of give me your tour of of the Iron Range from from a kid from Roseville's perspective. Sure. Yeah. And you know, my dad did a great job of kind of of, of building it up and and you know the history of all those rinks up there i mean miners memorial and the hippodrome and Eveleth and hibbing and um it, it was great i mean he took his teams up there every year we we did the iron range trip um, did you ever play at memorial yeah did your jaw drop when you walked in uh, the abs- first time it, it did i mean i don't know i you know i feel like you know i am a little bit of a hockey history i appreciate it you know i i love looking at the pictures on the wall walking around the rink and looking at a team picture from you know 1960 or whatever and looking at names and stuff so I you know I to be able to play in those rinks and actually play a game and play in the same rink that my dad did 30 years ago I mean I I, that's so cool yeah we ran a term up there for two years and you'd be standing inside the memorial building you know how the other there's that little entrance those little entrance gateways that come in there sure and there'd be little boys 11 12 year old boys walking in for the first time and then they would get there and they would look up like they would just seen a tall building they're like wow what is this yeah it's just awe-inspiring it that is. building yep i'm glad you got a chance to talk about that uh and then obviously you walk into the hippodrome and you can just feel John Masich, you know the ghost of John Masich, yeah. Johnny Matchett's, and Willard Eichel. I mean, you you feel it, right? Absolutely, yeah. I just get chills thinking Me about too. it. It's Me so too. Cool. I know it's such a cool place, and it's that's what makes the our state so great. Is it's not just this metro thing. It was actually it was born in the outstate and kind of made its way in into the metro, not definitely. the opposite way, which is kind of which is definitely kind of cool. All right, so uh, go back to this, this uh, the final four, uh, Frozen Four, uh, when all four teams are from the WCHA. Uh, I remember being a Gopher fan at the time, chest out like this is great. We're you know no matter who wins, it's going to be great. And uh, in in both cases. Uh, uh, my team lost and your team lost uh, in in the first round. Um, walk through that Denver when they win it that year. That was a pretty special team. I think it was, I can't remember how many years in a row the, the, the final, the, the WCHA won. It was like four or five straight years. But walk through when they win it. Are, are you guys already got, got in the bus and gone home or are you guys sit there and watch the, 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 the game? No, yeah, we were back in the springs, I think. I mean, I think we lost on a Thursday, and I think the championship game's on a Saturday. Yeah. So we were already back home. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Denver, you look at that roster. I mean, you know, Matt Carl. On yeah. The team, and both their goalies were good. Menino and uh, Fisher. I mean, Brett Skinner on D. They had they had such a good team. And they had won it the year before. So, obviously, nothing phased them. You know what I mean? I mean, they, they had – a lot of champions on their team already that, you know, that, that goes a long way. And I think they just expected nothing other than winning a second championship. And um, yeah, we got, you know, we took, we got into penalty trouble that night and their power play was so good. Stasny was on the team. For yeah. Like Paul Stasny, my goodness. Um, so yeah, they kind of lit us up on the power play and the rest is history. Um, so w- what point was the Hobie Baker handed out that year? Was it 
a, like a week later? No, it's actually the next day. So they yeah they, they usually do that in a normal year. Sunday, they, right? No, Friday. Friday, okay. Yeah, so the, right. the semis are on Thursday. The Hobie announcement's on Friday, and the national championship's on Saturday. So, but yeah. Then the ba- so you found out. You lose to Denver, and then you find out you won the Hobie Baker War. The next day, yeah. What a what a roller coaster that is. Very much, yeah, <laughs> very much. I mean, obviously bittersweet, you know. But yeah. yeah, this is the this is the. I'm sorry, I confused your Mr. Hockey with the Hobie. You had a teammate that was also a final Sterling, right? Correct. Yeah, Brett Sterling. <laughs> that was where I got confused. Sorry about that. No, when no I was problem. Like, oh, Roseville, you never. I'm like, no, no, no. That was college. Well, okay, now I understand. Yeah, that was where I yeah. went with it. Sorry, it's like, oh, we that. had a lot of good players at Roseville. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> None then. of them were a Mr. Yeah. Hockey finalist, though. But that's kind of neat, though. Like, you know, you're both were, were finalists. Walk through his game and, and how you guys complement each other at CC. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Sterls was he was probably one of the purest goal scorers I ever played with. I mean, he was about my size, you know, we were both about five, seven and, and we really start, we started playing together, you know, sophomore year. And, you know, I, for the most part, you know, I'm more of a, a, a playmaking passer and, you know, to play with Brett, I mean, he, boy, he, he could score goals. I mean, his wrist shot is an unbelievable release, um, you know, unbelievable in front of the net. And, yeah, it was just one of those those years where it just seemed to just keep clicking and clicking and clicking, and um, it, we complemented each other very well. Yeah. Um, did you guys have, like, an off-ice friendship, too, or, like, buddies off the ice? Because it seems like a lot of times you click on the ice, off the ice, it's, it's the same, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're very, very close friends still. I mean, I was just talking to him yesterday, you know, as is uh, all of our, the guys in our class. I mean, we were lucky. We had a lot of great guys, and we've all stayed in touch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Brett is an awesome guy. Lives in Chicago, had a great pro career, played, you know, a bunch of NHL games, played in Europe for a long time. Um, yeah, he's he's awesome. Uh, I'm looking up here at a couple other – there's a couple of Minnesotans that were on your team. Trevor Fishman had a, a great career as well. Yep. Uh, Mark Stewart, Rochester guy. He's yep. coaching now at Vermont, I saw that, after yep. a long career. These are two guys that had really good pro careers as well. What are your takeaways of having the Minnesota connection with those guys and also the, the college and pro connection too? Yeah, I mean, both great guys, great friends of mine to this day. Um, yeah, Frisch, I mean, Frisch was a state champion at Blaine um, and, and had a great career at CC and, play, yeah, played a couple games for Columbus in the NHL. Mark, you know, just uh, just retired a few years ago, and, I mean, he played probably almost 800 NHL games. I mean, was ca- assistant captain of the Jets. And, uh, yeah, now he's starting his coaching career at, Ver- at Vermont. Um, like he's got nothing better to do, right? Right, right. <laughs> uh, he's going to be a great coach, yeah. I mean, he's, uh, you know, one of the – most solid hockey guys I've met in my life. So um, it's, yeah, CC's always had a, a Minnesota pipeline, you know, oh, recruiting yeah. Minnesota players. So I hope that continues. Uh, let's, okay, let's talk about uh, what you're doing with your history major now. What, what, what are you doing now? I know you're coaching involved at University of St. Thomas. Have you been uh, worked with women co- in your coaching career, or is this kind of a first for you, and how long have you been at St. Thomas? This will be my fourth year at St. Thomas. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I – you know, started coaching there not long after I retired from playing. And, um, you know, I, I knew I wanted to get into coaching. I have always uh, wanted to just, and I didn't care men, women, you know, and so I just happened to be in kind of the right place at the right time when uh, Coach Polkowski was looking for an assistant. So, um, you know, I've had a blast. This is my fourth year, and now we're, you know, we're in the final year of, of being in the MIAC, and next year we'll be joining the WCHA. So, uh, very exciting times at St. Thomas, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Well, we can uncover the onion in a lot of different spots here with the University of St. Thomas. First of all, you're one of the best teams in the country every year. Is there pressure 
from from people to to always perform and be that good? Sure. I mean, or do you put it on yourself? Oh, I think a little bit of both. I mean, it's you know, St. Thomas has a great tradition. You know, both on the men's and women's side, they've you know consistently had good solid teams for a long time, and you know that that. That, you know that's it's a good thing so you know I think we should as coaches put that pressure to continue it and and it's it's good to have that pressure coming from the outside as well now Tom Palkowski how long has he coached there has it been forever or is it just recently no he's been there for a long time I mean the program I think started in the late 90s Kevin Gorg was the head I know, coach Gorgie was the first yep. one and Palka was Gorg's assistant okay uh, so they they were at Moundsview together coaching the boys and then uh, and then went to St. Thomas women and, uh, you know, Palco's an alum there. So he's, yep. you know, he's kind of a legend. Um, and I think Gorg too is too, right? He might be. Yeah. He was, yeah. he was a goalie he was sometimes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so Palco's been there. I mean, it's, he's been, this is his 14th year as the head coach. He was assistant for a few years before that. So he's been there since the program started and, um, yeah, he's been just a, a great mentor for me, you know, to start in the college hockey world. And, uh, it's, it's, he does a great job. All right. So, you just were given Division One status. This is like legit now. This isn't like some part time. This is like you're going to be recruiting on an, on a national level. I mean, there will be a demand to play at St. Thomas from not just you know your area. Your, your sphere goes from like you know 15 mile radius to you have all of North America now to to have you have a Division One scholarship to hand to somebody. And this isn't some, you know, podunk school. This is an unbelievable university. Uh, walk through the opportunity that, that, that's that been handed to you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really exciting time right now at St. Thomas. You know, and, and we say that in, in the midst of, you know, not being able to play in our final year of the MIAC so far, we're hoping that we can maybe play some games, you know, later this winter. But, um, yeah, you know, getting looking ahead to next year, I mean, you think about, Next year we're going to be playing against the Gophers, Ohio State. I mean, it's just it's crazy to think about and so exciting. But yeah, I mean, recruiting is is uh, drastically changing. Obviously, we're you know looking for you know the top players in the world now, and you know we have a lot to offer at St. Thomas. I mean, it's a, obviously a great a great reputation academically, and um, you know we have beautiful facilities, and so yeah, we're hoping that you know. When does that process start? Because I know that. Uh Let's just walk through a situation. I know June fifteenth uh, is the first day you can offer a sophomore in high school. Like, you know, the kids who are sophomores going into their junior year. I'm sure you know all these rules. Um, the problem is you haven't seen any of them play. I mean, in in maybe some elite league uh, this past fall for, but literally, you're going into this recruiting process blind in some ways and now you have to build an entire team of division one caliber players versus you know your current roster has a bunch of division three caliber players even though I would argue I know four or five of them that are division one caliber players you're going to have a nice team walk through that recruiting and build the building blocks to division one it's not easy no, it's not. I mean, it's it's you know I've t- I have a lot to learn. I've learned a ton so far, but it's it's right now with the, re- the NCA recruiting freeze, it's so hard. I mean, it's just all re- relying on on video and you know, and if teams are, are oh, technically you couldn't even go to the elite league, could you? No, no, we're not allowed yeah, to go to watch. I forgot. Any- Sorry, did I? I didn't. That was not a statement that you were going. To, I was assuming you could go there. Sorry, you yep. couldn't even go. Nope. Yeah, we're not allowed to to meet with any kids in person, and we can't go to games. So it's just all online, you know. And it, we're kind of at the mercy of you know 
know, what teams are streaming their games, what's the video quality like. And, um, but you know, I mean, it's the same for everybody. So it's like, we, you know, they're not going to waste my time complaining as we're going to do the best we can and, uh, and keep moving forward. And, you know, we're, we'll, we'll, we're going to be all right. Okay. So what's the philosophy? I mean, do you guys want, uh, if there's a really good player from Langley, British Columbia, are you on that, or are you going to stick to more of a local? Let's 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 go after because I mean, let's not kid ourselves. You're sitting right in the middle of a cabbage patch of of women's or the strength of youth hockey in America is right here in Minneapolis. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we're I, we're extremely lucky to be in. You know, I mean, the, the women's game, the girls' game has grown so much. I mean, there's so many great players out there now, and it's it's awesome to see. And we're lucky that we have so much that we're surrounded by it. But um, yeah, I mean, we're not gonna. Uh, it, we, we like I said, we want the best players, no matter where they're from, and uh, we're definitely not gonna limit put limits on recruiting anywhere, really. It's, so it's, uh, but yeah, it's 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 about you know reaching out and and making you know, making, building relationships with coaches all over the world now and trying to, you know, uh, trying to find players and it's, uh, it's fun and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Um, when you took the job four years ago, was there ever a promise that division one was happening? No, I mean, no. this is, <laughs> so yeah. my point is like, yeah, I took this job and, and it, you know, you were, your expectations were a, and now they're like a times a hundred. Yeah, no, I mean, I never, I don't think anybody saw this coming. If they did, I didn't know about it, certainly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was uh, just, like I said, having a blast with, with the girls. And, and the, the Mayak is an awesome league, and there's so many great rivalries in, in the Mayak. And so, um, you know, I, I've enjoyed it the last four years, and now I'm looking forward to the new challenge. Um, we left off a couple a couple things before we, we finish up here. Uh, you played uh, several years in Europe. What were your great memories or takeaways from playing hockey in Europe, getting paid to play in, in such beautiful parts of the world? Yeah, so many great memories. Um, yeah, I was, you know, me and my wife, we were in, in Switzerland for three years and Germany for three years. So it's just, you know, I mean, it's crazy. I think about six years we were over there. I mean, it's a long time. And uh, but Your gosh, kids we, were born, your daughters were born there? Yeah, my two daughters were born in Germany, um, you know, which – what an adventure, you know, I mean, uh, you know, my poor wife being pregnant and having to deliver a baby with, with these doctors, not speaking English, you know, for the yeah. most part, I mean, wild to think about looking back on it now, but, uh, but great, you know, I mean, uh, uh, great uh, hospitals are great over there and great care. So what's the hockey like in the, in, in Europe, the European leagues, I get, I hear different stories all the time about, you know, you, well, guys, guys not getting paid or, or the, it's not as serious or some, the, the, the officiating it is good. Did you have any weird stories about, uh, you know, playing in, in those leagues? Uh, I mean, I, you know, I had great experiences. I, you know, looking back, the, the fans were unbelievable. I mean, you, you think about full. full yeah. Stands? I mean, for the most part. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 you think about watching European soccer, you know, in those stadiums where they're standing the whole time. It's, it's like that on a less, on a, obviously a smaller rink, but I mean, the, the fans there, I mean, they're so passionate. They have so many cheers that they know by the back, you know, by the back of their hand. And, um, oh, it, it was just, it was nuts. I mean, it, I wish I had more video, you know, to, to look back on it. Cause I remember, you know, I mean, there are people with lighters in the, or, or fireworks in the crowd sometimes. I mean, it's just, you know, really? sometimes you, you know, people throwing money on the ice and, you know, the refs would be covering their heads so they don't get hit with a, with a coin in their face. And so certainly some wild times, but, uh, I mean, the hockey is fantastic. I mean, European players are, they can skate and then you play in the big rings. I was going to say, was the big sheet good for you or bad for you? 
you know, everyone says, "Oh, it's always great for the skill players," but sometimes, yeah, you know, I yeah, you'd think that a lot of people always said, "Oh, you probably like playing on the big sheet." I actually prefer playing on the small sheet better. Um, I, I just felt like, you know, you could get to the net quicker, you know, or, you know, you make one move and now you're, you have a scoring chance, but it's, it's good and bad. just like anything else. And, uh, you know, it's hockey's hockey at the end of the day. Yeah. I've never bought into the whole big sheet. Oh, we're playing that team with the big sheet. You know, I've never really bought into that because what happens because it's so much wider, it takes forever to get the puck to the net. There's just more and more exchanges that slow down the process of getting, like you said, it's like it just takes longer. Right. It seems like there's fewer goal scoring opportunities within this big sheet. I agree. Yeah, that's that's exactly why I like playing on the small sheet better. Yeah. I liked it too. I I, I couldn't stand coaching. I've never really played on a big sheet, but coaching on it, I felt like it just that the games were there wasn't as much action and there wasn't as much playmaking as you'd think as, as much as you think there would be. Right. Um, so you have two daughters, uh, where do you live? Uh, what do you guys do for fun besides, uh, coach hockey and play hockey? We, yeah, we live in Edina, not too far from here. Um, my wife works full time. She's an occupational therapist. My daughters are, are, how did you guys meet in college? We went to Roseville together. She's no a way. Roseville high grad. school sweetheart. Yep. You weren't dating in high we school. We started right? dating at the end of high school. No so, way. Yeah, yeah. We've known each other. It's a success story. Absolutely. Yeah, I met Becky in middle school, and uh, yeah, go way back. So where did she go to college? She went to Colorado State, actually. Up in no Fort way. Collins, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yep. She's a Ram. Um, but yeah, we're. I mean. She's busy working, you know, I'm right now, <laughs> wish I was busier w- waiting for the rinks to open back up, but um, no, life is good. Our, our girls are, uh, Peyton and Mia, they're six and four, and uh, no, we can't complain. We're healthy and happy. Uh, and you have a, a, your, your own hockey business. Talk, t- tell our audience about that. What is, what is tradition? It's tradition hockey, right? Correct, yep. What is tradition hockey? What is your goal? What's your focus? What do you accomplish, hope to accomplish with that business? Yeah, I started Tradition Hockey, you know, shortly after I got done playing. Didn't really, you know, know what what it was going to lead to. Um, you know, I was I actually was working for, for Winnie Broat at OS, you know, yeah. for a summer. And, you know, she kind of helped me kind of get going, saying you should, you know, maybe do something on your own, maybe on the boys' side. And so they're, they're really, I credit them to helping me kind of get off the ground. And, again, I had no idea where it was going to go, but I just started out running a couple camps, and that led to another thing. And, um, yeah, and basically I've been doing uh, camps and clinics and lessons, you know, year round now with kids, you know, four years old to college kids, really, at just all over the Twin Cities. And, um, you know, basically somebody says, what do you do for a living? And, you know, I basically bounce around from rink to rink and, you know, doing doing hockey stuff. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to ask you your opinion of the, the state of the game. I mean, without all this COVID stuff, but in a normal state of the game, uh, you've seen uh, your life in the game of hockey and, and you kind of grew up in kind of a, in, in a transitional period because, you know, the wooden stick was going away, uh, the, the lighter equipment, the better equipment. Some of the, you, you grew up in kind of a really good era uh, and now it's getting better and better, the quality of the game, playmaking, puck possession, no dump and chase. I mean, you've, you've seen kind of the progression of the game. Uh, let's go back to kids. You know, you see kids, you know, you said four years old, the college kids. 
Um, what are your What's your takeaway of, of of a youth hockey player today? Do they play too much? Do they Do they not play enough sports? Take Take an angle. You can go anywhere you want sure, with yeah. this, Marty. No, it's, it's It's your It's your play. You yeah. get to make your meal on, on youth hockey because I I get every angle and i'd just like to get your angle on, on what it's like today yeah I mean, it's a great question i mean you hear of you know obviously i'm a big uh, a believer in playing as many sports as possible when you're younger and um you know do kids play too much hockey do they not you know the answer is everybody's different i mean some kids can handle playing year-round and they need that and they want that and some kids get burnt out so there's really there's i, I in my opinion there's not a, a a one path you know that everybody should be following it's you know, I mean, my philosophy is, you know, hockey doesn't last forever to anybody. And for most people, it doesn't last that long. So, you know, it, it should be fun. It should be a good experience. Kids should be fired up to go to the rink and put their skates on. And, you know, uh, yeah, so that that's my philosophy. And, um, yeah. Do, do your daughters play? No, they, they don't. It's uh, not know. a wrong answer. I mean, no, people think, oh, they don't. I, yeah. No, I mean, they, they like skating. Um, I don't. Who knows if they'll want to play hockey someday? I don't know. I'm certainly not going to push them. Uh, but you know, uh, it's, the hockey world's crazy. You know that, right, Tony? And yeah. Well, if you asked me, do your kids play hockey? That's the first question people ask. I'm like, well, I never even thought of it that way. Yeah, my my son played all the way through, and not because I made him. He, he could have stopped any time. The rule in our family was you have always had to finish the season you were in. If you were upset with soccer, you're upset with baseball. I'm like, I don't care. You're going to finish it out. I paid for it. You're going to finish it, right? Yeah. But here's a funny flip to this. I think I've told the story a couple times. Uh, my daughter's one quit after might, so all the way through U8, and then another quit through after U10. But they come to my events, and they see a culmination. You know, someone's hoisting a trophy or come to a high school event, and there's these you know, a thousand people in the stands and they kind of, they get caught up in it. And more times than not, my daughters will say to me, dad, how come you didn't force me to play? That's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true because I think, you know, sometimes kids need that. They need some, a, a bribe to, you know, to play hockey or another sport. And then it ends up working out great. I mean, what if you didn't bribe them? And what if they didn't get going? It's the weirdest thing. Isn't yeah. It? Right. It's the strangest thing. I'm like, yeah. Well, because I wanted you to love me when you were 36 <laughs> years old, and I didn't force you to do this. And like, but Dad, you would have made me into a great player. You would have. Uh, I had all these opportunities where I'm like, yeah, but you got to make it yourself. You know, the life is making it on your own and For not, sure. you know, doing it because your dad did it. You didn't play hockey because your dad played hockey. No. You did it because you loved it. Exactly. You know, and that's ultimately why we do this is we love the game. All right, last segment of the show. I did get the in under an hour. I'm proud of myself here. We're doing good. Unless this is a really long answer. Uh, the last segment we have this is called If You Could, and your question is if you could have the opportunity to go back to any game. We talked about some of this disappointment and redo it or get the puck on your stick one more time. What game would that have been and, and set the scene for me? Yeah, what what a great question. I mean, I could if I had two hours, I'm sure I could come up and fill that whole two hours with this answer. But um, probably the one that that sticks out the most is is going back to my sophomore year of high school, really section final against Hill Murray at the Coliseum. Um, I believe it was late in the second period, uh, but I just I got a little mini breakaway from I, I I think maybe one of their defensemen fumbled it. I had a breakaway, you know, obviously didn't score, but I just think back. Gosh, what if I would have scored on that breakaway? I think that would have put us up maybe by two. We might have been up by one at that point. You know, I, maybe it would have 
found Put myself in the state tournament the next weekend. Who knows? Maybe maybe two years later when we're battling White Bear Lake in the section finals, that would have... Things would change. Yeah, yeah. you never know what, what, what would change the course of history. So that's the that's the one that sticks out of the top. The one-minute one break, right? Yep. What kind of... Because we got a couple minutes here. What's the what's a mini break? So like like uh, got off the stick and you you were just inside the slot and and came in or it, you it, like I think full that, blue line. I think it was just inside the blue line. I mean yeah. it was it was definitely a it got break past way. the defender. And yeah, he's like uh oh. It, it was a one on zero with the goalie and you know I I think I made one too many moves and didn't you know didn't get a very good shot off or the goalie made a good save. Like I said, I haven't seen the seen the game because they would be too painful to watch even to this yeah, day. Yeah, it's on VHS. Does you even well, have a do you even have the VHS? Oh, yeah, anymore, I do. You know? I do actually, yeah. <laughs> you got the Betamax going. Well this was fantastic, Marty. I really appreciate you coming in and, and sharing with us your your life, your family tree. That was pretty cool. I thought it was neat to, to understand yeah uh, the 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 Surge Harrington connection. That's pretty cool. And then all the way through high school, youth, college College Pro. Uh, I had a good time. I appreciate you coming in. Thanks for having me, Tony. I had fun, too. Uh, for being on today's show, Marty will get a gift from the Minnesotan. Uh, as we said earlier in the show, Minnesotan's an awesome store. It's almost like a museum. Check it out if you want vintage Minnesota wear, you want some cool uh, sportswear to check out. Uh, go to their store up in White Bear Lake. Uh, you use the discount code YHH. get 15% off purchasing online at theminnesotan.com or in-store. Appreciate you turning in today's show. Everybody have a great day.